Welcome back to another riveting, exciting episode of the Loaded Basis Podcast. This yes, is sir. season three, episode four. Now, you might be wondering what happened in between the uh, the last episode, which was in June. Well, uh, I got a job. We both have been busy. Y- you know what? I don't have to answer to you. So that's what it is. It's been a minute. Uh, but not And we're in person now. That's true. First pod in person next- in a long time. I am sitting next to Alessandro. He's double masked. No, he's not. Um, But uh, no, yeah. So we're at season four, which is actually pretty pathetic considering it's like (laughs) already the season's over. No, season three, episode four. No, right. But it's, but like it's season four. It's like episode four and the season's over. Um, But we're back. Like we're doing again. Uh, It's honestly great that we're both sort of in a place where we can do this again. Um, We're in person, which is also honestly great. the chemistry is, is palpable. You can probably feel it. Uh, and so, yeah, though, let's just honestly, we're just going to jump right in because we've got a lot to talk about. And, um, you know, it's just the season, the Yankee season's over, the Mets season's over. This episode, we're going to talk about the Yankees. Um, and the docket's just going to be the preseason, like what we kind of thought going into the season, which is actually super funny to think about uh, now that the season's over. Um, we're going to talk about what happened in season, obviously the postseason. going to do a recap there, sort of talk about like what you can grade based on the season and then versus like a short sample size, like the playoffs. We're going to touch a bit on Brian Cashman and sort of the infrastructure he created and how that, uh, you know, same team at that same infrastructure, you know, uh, was built and how it may have impacted uh the readiness of the Yankees for the playoffs um and then we're gonna you know just touch a bit on the future not not much but because that's you know for the next few episodes which we will in fact have so uh, yeah let's do it the following sports program is brought to you by the loaded bases podcast this is New York everybody leave season preview which was last year uh we were kind of looking at the roster construction and looking back it's honestly very funny to think about like I guess just starting with the starting pitching right because we right we looked at the the top five pitchers in the rotation we were like the the general consensus was that like wow you've got this great number one like a lock in Cole and yeah. then there's sort of everybody else. Like, you know, yeah, you've got Sevy, but, like, what are you really going to get from him? In fact, your quote was, if you get 165 innings from Sevy, that's a W. Okay. How many did we get? 102. But Interesting. I still but think that's But there you go. Exactly. It was a W. Um, because because at, you have to remember at the time, like, we had absolutely no idea what he was going to be. So it's just yeah. like, um, you know, Monty – you're again, you're to quote you was like, he, he needs to step up and be a solid number three. Uh, Tyone again, just like mid rotation starter. And then it was like, there's just everybody else. Like, what are we going to get from Nestor Cortez? And it's yeah. like, who ended like, up being the borderline ace of the staff. All like was in contention the for the Cy Young yeah. for like third, like two thirds of the season. Like yeah. Michael King, we're like, he's going to be like maybe a glue guy. Like, <laughs> 
Um, you know, and then of course, like we, again, I guess to your credit, like we, you like, you're like, Oh, this bullpen's going to be great. And like, right. So, and then of course the rest of the construction of the roster, but like, yeah, what, what do you, what are some of the things that I guess, like looking back, you were most surprised about in the season based on like what you were looking at in the preseason? Well, I remember we did an episode where we, I, I, I don't know if you remember, but we were talking about, is this the best Mets? I remember that. Or in Yankee season of our lifetimes. And yes, I, best teams. Best teams. Oh, no, 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 no. Best seasons. You're right. Cause it was yeah, yeah. in the middle of right. the season. Yeah. And, but that episode was before the Yankees even really took off. Like they were just starting to take off. And so I was pumping the brakes on it. And I was like, well, I'm really excited that they're doing well, but definitely not. But for the Mets, maybe. And I think actually it did end up being the best season of your lifetime, I would say. Probably. Even though they lost. Maybe the best team. The best regular season team of your lifetime. Because they lost in the wild card, which is disappointing. Anyway, we don't have to get into the Mets. Um, And it's funny because that stretch that the Yankees went on was probably the greatest stretch that I've ever seen in my lifetime. And then the stretch that they went on after... In August. In August uh, and July was the worst stretch I've ever seen in my lifetime. So it ended up being the oddest Yankee season I've ever witnessed in my lifetime. And that is not something that I expected going into the season. Because if you remember, going into the season, I thought the Yankees were going to finish in third place. Maybe second place if they were lucky. I thought the Blue Jays were going to win the division, I'm pretty sure. Um, And I thought they were just kind of mailing it in for this year. And we're going to go in uh, and see how they did the year after that. <clears throat> and we ended up getting Aaron Judge having like the 10th greatest individual season of all time. Breaking the AL home run record. Now he's going to be a free agent, right? Which is insane. So like that's a whole nother narrative and a whole nother storyline that I guess we don't really have to get that into. Um, because everybody knows that that happened. It was like the number one sports story in the United States for probably four months. Um, so literally every single person knows about that. Um, you have maybe the worst trade of all time in Cashman's history. Bananas. In terms of IKF, Donaldson, and Ben Rortbert, who never even played. And I think in that episode, I was like, oh, yeah, he'll be back in a couple weeks. And he didn't even come back for the rest of the season. So bad job by me. Um, and they gave up Gio Urshela and Gary Sanchez for them. Could have probably gotten that better value. Because then we had to deal with Aaron Boone telling us the entire season that IKF was one of the best defensive-ranked shortstops in the league based on one stat, but then based on another stat, he wasn't the best. He's, he's like in the bottom four defensive shortstops in the league. So that was a trip. Um, and then, but they won the division. And they won 99 games. And that was based on the amount of, of how dominant they were. I, 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 their record at one point, I wish I had it pulled up. Uh, that's a bad job by me, but I, their record at one point was like, what, like 52 and like 14 or something. They were like, had like the most absurd record ever. They were on pace to win 120 games. Uh, uh, yeah, they were on pace to have 120 wins. So. Are you talking about before and, August or because like this before is before August. this is before the all-star break like going into the all-star break they were on pace to win 120 games and you go into the postseason we know what ends up happening in terms of injury I'm, I'm skimming over a bunch of stuff because there's just so much happened I mean so they went they went in April they went 15-6 
May they went nineteen and nine. June they went twenty two and six. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So we don't need to do the math fifteen in real time, but I'll I'll show you the computer. Nineteen. Fifteen, nineteen, twenty two. Plus twenty two. So they were fifty six and what were the losses? I'll do the math. Six plus nine plus six. Equals twenty one. They were fifty six and twenty one. Yeah, that's going into the also break. That's and then they insane. went, and then they went thirteen and thirteen, and then ten and eighteen. So it's like, yeah, yeah. So, and I, the reason why that's one of the worst skins that I've seen in terms of them losing is because you've never seen them so high before. I no, mean that no. that run that they went on was insane, and I remember just thinking like, this is it. Like this, they like, Brian Cashman's a genius, and they figured it out. And I clearly don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. And then by the time they ended up getting swept by the Astros. You think, oh, fuck, we were all right because everybody was saying this about the team, that this roster was not it. And then what happened at the trade deadline where you trade Jordan Montgomery for Harrison Bader, who ended up being a revelation in the playoffs, so you kind of get over that, but you you acquired Montas, and then you go, okay, we got the pitching, and then it's like the Yankees have made a trade. They traded Jordan Montgomery, and you're going, oh, my God, we're getting somebody else. And, and then it's like, like, we're getting Harrison Bader. Bader yeah. And it's like, who the fuck is Harrison Bader? <laughs> you know, it's like, I knew who Harrison Bader was, but it was like, what? But it's like, that like you no, know what I mean? No and like, obviously, like, Harrison Bader was obviously able to pull something out and unlock something that maybe will be, um, we'll see what he does next. No, I mean, I, I think you can, I think we can all safely he, say he the Yankees. In the playoffs, but. They won that trade. I mean, like, that's. Yeah, right. But. I, I don't like to think that way, but like. For those who do, he won. Right. He won so it just the way, and then going into the playoffs, going five games against the Guardians, having Benatendi go down an injury, we acquired Benatendi at the deadline. Um, Montas was just did not work out at all. You're hearing rumors of that they were going to trade Glaber Torres, and that ends up being like an actual thing. They were going to trade Glaber Torres to the Marlins for a pitcher. But then the deal fell through literally as like the as the deadline as the minute the last minute was like ending, that ended up like that was a thing. Um, ben Tendi goes down, Montas goes down, DJ LeMahieu goes down, Efros goes down, Marinaccio goes down, Michael King goes down, and so they end up limping into the playoffs. But they don't have a roster that's indicative or not indicative that's not the right word they don't have a roster that's able to support those injuries like they did before and they hang on and they wait forever to call up Peraza then when they do they barely use him they call up Oswaldo Cabrera who nobody knew about and then he ends up becoming a, a incredible um and was I'm not incredible but he was great he was great for what a young player is supposed to do um but then you go five games against Cleveland who I, was this not on the same level as you th in, in totality of the 162-game season, but it, what it did do was it showed you that the Yankees, albeit a team with talent, were not a team that was structured to be at the top of the pack. And I don't know what happened in that, in that, in that stretch, but then they go into Houston and they got destroyed. And that's the worst part of it, quickly, and then I'll finish, is that <clears throat> you got beat and you got swept by this team that has now dominated us for five years in a row. Not five years in a row, going back longer than that, going back to 2015. So that's what? Seven years. So 
to get swept um, was particularly painful. And I think that that's why there was a lot of anger, <clears throat> excuse me, after the fact in, in terms of Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone. I think it simmered down a little bit. Um, but the roster construction was definitely, I think, problem number one in terms of why the Yankees did so bad in the second half of the season and into the playoffs. Yeah, well, I mean, I will say that what you touched on was more a, and I think this is a larger conversation that we can't fully get into, but it's like the difference between a team that's built to win 162 games or and or a team that's built <clears throat> to win a short series. Right. And so when you look at the Yankees, you're like, this is a team that at one point was like the highest of the high and it's like they were they were killing it on all cylinders like Nestor Cortez is a borderline Cy Young pitcher uh Garrett Cole is just exactly the kind of brand of Garrett Cole you want like Monty was great like Tyone was again he was like well, you, Tyone had a good season he had a good season and also good. and also like he's just like is like what he is like the Yankees yeah, acquired right. him to be a ground ball pitcher in a pitcher uh, in a hitter's park right. and that's what he was uh, the offense, like Judge, which actually, fun fact, Judge had the 24th best season in terms of war at 10.6 war. There you go. Uh, the 24th best of all time, which is tied Insane. for 24th. But do you know who he's tied for 24th with? He's tied for 24th with a 39-year-old Barry Bonds. Just like... Right. That was... Yeah. It's just, it's nuts. And also what's even... And I'll let you finish is that... When that team, the Yankees should have lost way and more And a 27-year-old Ted Williams, but that's oh aside. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. I mean, imagine Ted Williams at 27. But the Yankees should have lost way more games in that skid. Like what you said, they were 10-13, and then they were, they were uh, 13 and whatever, and then 10 and 18 or something they like were, that. They were, uh, they were, well. Whatever. They should have lost way more games. They were 22-6 and six at, in June, and then. That's after June. It's like July is when they really... Okay. Not August. July is when they really... Well, right. But July. regardless, they should have lost way more games. And the reason why they didn't is because Aaron Judge carried them. And you don't see that in baseball. In baseball, teams that have one good player st are still bad. And the Yankees were a legitimately bad team. And Aaron Judge was doing some like LeBron James shit. Like some 2007 LeBron James shit, where he was carrying some dirt team because well, they were the, dirt. He was carrying the offense, but the pitching was was the pitching was, was fine. Yeah, yeah, okay, good, okay. And the bullpen for but, a long but period the, of time. These things was are fantastic. symbiotic. I mean, the Yan the Yankees pitching can be as good as they want, so they're blue in the face. They still have to be able to score runs. So the fact that he was able to score enough runs for them to win games because the offense there was a stretch, Nick, where they went like 13 straight games, and he was the only person who scored each of those run, like a run in each of those games. Yeah, I mean I will That's say insane. I will say that in like that July series they had 50 home runs, which is I mean June in June they had 58 in July that they had 58 home runs in They led in, the league in home runs this year. They did, but they had 58 home runs in June uh which is like which led the which led that month and led pretty much every other month uh this season, um, but they also were near the bottom of the pack in uh, for the second half of the season in hits, uh, and they right. they struck out like. And that was another reason why Judge's season was crazy because not only did he hit sixty two home runs, but he hit for average. So he was getting on base and he was getting hits, 
I mean, he finished in second for the batting title. Yeah. That's nuts. No, no, that is nuts. He hit 62 home runs, and he finished in second with the batting title. Like, you, like That's not really something that you would expect in 2022. You know? And it's just yeah. like, so... No, well, I guess my point that I'm trying to make is that this is a team that was built to last. Like, because they... Or, or they were built to succeed over a long stretch because they had strengths in certain areas. And then when their strengths were like the, like, again, you had Aaron judge with this bullpen that was, you know, uh, Clark Schmidt would come out, like came out of nowhere to just uh, completely right. replace Chapman. Like you said, Mar Marinaccio, like Lou Trevino, like was pretty good for a good month there. Like, uh, you had, I mean this, like, uh, uh who's the Wandy Peralta? Like, just I could go on like they had this team that was built to kind of like had a lot of strengths that were extremely strong, but then you'd see these weaknesses creep in. Yeah. And, but but like each of their strengths was able to make up for their weaknesses. Right. But like in a short series, uh, like the playoffs, when when you have these lineups that feature like Matt Carpenter, uh, who again also like could argue that carried them for like a month there. Like I know weighted runs created plus is extremely sensitive to sample sizes and like not the best metric, but like it's just insane that he had like what he had like an over two hundred WRC plus that he, the time he played for the right. Yankees. So like, but like it's no surprise that like when you have this lineup in the playoffs with like Oswaldo Peraza, uh, you know Matt Carpenter, like just it was it was really not a great lineup, but it they was, were still able to hit home runs, and that's why they beat the Guardians in the playoffs. And then they that's but it was why they lost it, to the Ash, but it was because poor they roster management. And poor lineup decisions and pitching decisions in the playoffs, which is what cost them. I mean, they treated some of those games as if they were stealing. Like the first two games that they played against Houston, they treated as if they were stealing those games when they had chances to win those games. And that is what frustrated, I think, the majority of fans is that, I mean, you're sending out Trevino <clears throat> in in the high leverage moments where you should be going, turning to like a, a, a Luizica or a Peralta. Um, I mean, the, the whole, I mean, Matt Carpenter hasn't swung a bat in two months. He hasn't faced, I'm sorry, he hasn't swung a bat against major league pitching yeah, in two yeah, months. Yeah. And you're batting him fifth in the lineup. And he went, he had like 12 at-bats and had like nine strikeouts. I mean, what are we doing here? And it's just like, they were managing some of those games like, like it was the middle of June. So that was frustrating. Interesting perspective, though. Just from a fan's perspective, because I know we're going to get into, like, Crashman and all that stuff. But, quickly. Based on what we said at the beginning of the season, I'm actually kind of grateful that they had such, like, they had such a weird, wacky season. Because I really legitimately just thought the season was going to be a wash. And it ended up being a kind of exciting season just in terms of my emotional state. Like, I fucking hate this shit. Like, you know what I mean? I hate this. You know, I... I, I Got to the point at the end when they got swept. I literally asked myself, I said, why am I so emotionally invested in this team? Like, why? Why Why am I doing this to myself? Like, why am I spending so much time? You know how much time I fucking wasted? You're like this wasted? every year, though. I know, but listen. This year was even... This year was worse because I was tapped out at the beginning of the season. The only reason why I was tapped in is because we were doing this podcast. I was like... I was actually, like, not... I was disengaged at the beginning of the season because of their lack of effort in the offseason, which was extremely aggravating to a lot of fans, if you remember. And then 
the season started and they start going crazy and they pulled me back in. And it was like, and I was like, I can't not watch this. I have to, I have to watch this. This is unbelievable. And, and then, and then, you know how much fucking time I wasted watching Aaron Judge try to hit that 61st and 62nd home run? I wasted like two weeks of my life trying to watch that. And so when they got swept by the Astros, I was like, bruh, I can't keep like doing this. But now, right, as the, as two weeks have passed or whatever, however long it's been, I'm now, it has been, it has been like, I'm now like at a point where it's like, I'm just going to stop expecting shit. I know that they're going to be competitive enough every single year and I'm eternally grateful for that. And I'm just not going to fucking like, I'm just going to try my hardest not to get my fucking hopes up until they can prove to me, until they can prove to me that they can make a solid move that the, like the entirety of like the baseball world agrees with. The Yankees have made so many moves over the past few years where so many people are like, what the fuck are you guys wait, doing? Wait, wait, time out, time out. I just want to go back. So, so what decisions, let's, we'll, we'll start with the preseason. What decisions did you disagree with that they made? And this is, I think, a pretty layup question. I'll follow up then. With All right. Well, then the first one, and I said it when they did it, was the fucking IKF and Josh Donaldson deal. That's number one. And would you would you have decided, like, for Gary Sanchez, and they kind of gave him up for whatever, are you okay with that? Well, Gary Sanchez was in that deal. Right, but, like, he was sort of just like a throw-in. Like, yeah, I was okay with them moving on from Gary Sanchez. Okay, and I, we I, got an I, incredible year from Trevino, which I was not expecting. But that's but well, that's just a side note. We'll get to right. That. But yeah. so okay, so that. Um, what about the, uh, like what what would so you... there was that there was the Josh Donaldson and IKF trade. Yeah. What about the Voight trade? And and they also they traded they traded Gio Urshela, who had a really good like had a good season with the Twins and hit and hit for average and was a good defender. He's Josh Donaldson's a great defender. You can't take that away from him, but I don't know how much that means when you're striking out 16 times in the playoffs. One position where Gio yeah. Rochelle played three. Exactly. Thank you very much. And also, he's, uh, I'm sorry, getting paid $25 million a year, and Gio Rochelle is going to make, like, what, like $9 million this year in arbitration? It's, so, not, it's not $50 million. I, I know that without yeah, looking it up. Exactly. So, um, yeah. What what did you just say after that? No, just like oh the, yeah, and the then, Voight trade. Uh, the, the, yeah, so the, the Voight trade. Obviously, I mean, they gave up Voight for like a low A ball, and he had a good season with the Nationals. Now, I mean, I just it was, that it was, was fine. It wasn't that they traded Luke Voight that I was angry about. I mean, I can understand that. I mean, at the time, I think I was upset that they traded Luke Voight. Now I can look back at it in totality and be like, okay, I can see why they had traded Luke Voight. We always knew that they were gonna. I always said for mad long that they they, they should trade Luke Voight. You know what I'm saying? It was what they traded him for. Yeah. It just was like, I don't understand. I don't think you are, like, putting enough stock in your own talent or you're just not, you're just being lazy in negotiations. Um, you're just being like, oh, that's just how other teams are valuing him. Like, you're just, just like, just like, you just like Brian Cashman, like, didn't drink his coffee that day. It's just like, he just didn't feel like dealing with shit and was like, fuck it. Yeah, just give me, like, an A-ball picture. I need room for fucking Rizzo and LeMayhew. Um, and then also their lack, I, I don't want to sit here and say like they should have signed Correa or they should have signed Seagull, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, I mean, it, it's not just, it, it, their, their lack of making a move this offseason 
is representative of their lack of making a move throughout the previous off seasons every year. And for the lack of making the deal that we all know is the deal that they should have made, starting with 2017 when they should have traded for Verlander, then going into 2018 where they gave up paying, they said they weren't even interested in Harper because of they had Clint Frazier and Brett Gardner and Aaron Hicks and Aaron Judge in the outfield. That's fucking ridiculous. Bryce Harper's making $29 million a year. And then... You have Manny Machado who you gave up. I'm sorry. Manny Machado might be a nut job, fucking let's go Brandon Trump supporter. <laughs> like, I, that's really unfortunate. But guess what? He is one of the best third basemen in the league and is probably the, the second or third best offensive third baseman in the league as well. The guy's incredible, and he's going to be in contention to win the MVP for the next four or five years. So you missed, you missed out on that. And then... And then this offseason comes and you just it, it was day after day after day after day and they just did nothing. And then and then what what happened to all and then oh and here's the last thing. Nick. I I, I hate to say it, but it's true. I mean, I don't it's not that I hate to say it, it's an objective fact. The baby bomber era is over. So now we need to look at that era in totality. And we need to judge Brian Cashman accordingly on it. I mean, he has done an incredible job at turning out high-level talent and creating this machine of a farm system that continues to produce talent that is majorly that was majorly ready. But he has done a horrible job of holding on to these players for dear life and then destroying their trade value and not trading them when they're at the peak, when they're really showing signs of life. I mean, you destroyed Clint Frazier. You ruined his career. You destroyed Miguel Andujar, and you DFA'd him. Mike Talkman plays in Korea. Mike Ford is in like triple A. Where like where like who else am I missing? Like you have Luis Severino, who turned out to be really good, and now you have Aaron Judge, who I don't really kill them on the contract that they gave him. I actually think they offered him a fair contract at the time. But now, if they don't sign Aaron Judge in the offseason, which it looks like I think they're gonna do it. I think they're gonna actually spend the money. But if for whatever reason it doesn't happen. I think fans might actually burn the stadium down. I, I, like, literally, I literally do agree. <laughs> I literally do those with the exact words that are going to come out of me. Like, okay, so, just, what, yeah. so what deals like... Okay, Sorry, I'm, kind I'm of gonna, ranting right it's now. It's fine. I, I was just waiting yeah. for that to end. Yeah. Uh, now, <laughs> um, so what... Okay, so what... To, uh, this is now the question that I was asking like uh, six minutes ago. What question... <laughs> what... Uh, which players do you think that they should have signed, like, in the offseason versus and in, like, the the uh, trade deadline? Like, how do you think that this team could have been better? Like, I'm not talking about, because you're, I think these are valid points, like, in retrospect, like, the Machado, uh, like, I, I have mixed feelings. I don't really, like, I don't really. It's, like, it's kind of easier to look back and be like, they should have signed them. Like, that's a, a lot of money to throw at, like, a, a, a player, but, like. The, the, they're throwing $25 million at Donaldson. They, uh, Bryce Harper's contract sure, is $29 for a, million a year. for a short like, deal. You, like, like, you didn't know that, like, AA, like, con, like contract value. No, for sure, up. but, like, sh I mean, like, that's an entirely separate conversation. Like, smaller, like, shorter-term deals are, like, honestly, they're, lit, like, teams would love to throw, like, Fifty million for two years at a player if they can avoid throwing twenty five million for seven years or whatever. Like, I'm not good at math, but in my my point is is like, what deals? What do you think that this team should have done? Like, if the Yankees realistically could have shown up in this postseason, 
what roster, like, what would this team look more like if you were like, you know, Alessandro Cashman? Like, what, what would this team look like? You know, would you have gone after like, you know, uh, uh, Luis Castro? Would you have not have traded gone, Montgomery? Like, what have, would you have done? I would have tried to do everything under the sun to sign uh, Luis Castillo. Luis I mean, Castillo, to trade to Castillo. trade uh, for Luis Castillo and and during the uh, the trade deadline, I would have probably signed. So would you have given up? I would have. Like, I would have probably signed one of the big name shortstops in the in the off season. Um. Wait, like which ones though? I would have probably signed Correa, which I said at the time. Yeah, and I'm glad you stand by that because like I, he had a good year, but I'm he had the, a, but, but he was I mean, hurt a lot of the year. Right, and so I'm not. He was and I, hurt, I, and I, I to know, be fair, I'm not. I'm not going to kill you for for that because I think you're sticking to your word. But and here's, like that's, here, can, you can, can I, never can know I what they're going to say. From this, like, like, I'm, I'm going to answer your question right now, but I'm just going to I'm going to skate from the signings aspect through it and say this rather no prior years, but yeah. prior from the after the offseason let's just say i'm dro cashman and i have i'm alessandro cashman and i have the yankees roster 2022 roster like joey gallo going on you know what i mean like we still mm-hmm. got joey gallo it's april the offseason's over right and i yeah. have ikf on my team yeah. At some point, I would have called up Peraza and made him the everyday shortstop because of how bad ikf was so that's number one like, you have to move on from IKF and maybe experiment with him at third base because he won a gold glove twice at third base, and he can actually hit. So, because he can hit and Josh Donaldson isn't hitting, maybe we can figure out something for Josh Donaldson and have Josh Donaldson play more of that Aaron Hicks role where it's like, I'm sorry, buddy, it looks like your time is up here. You know what I mean? We're going to have to figure out something else out, that Joey Gallo role. We're going to have to figure something else out because these players were incredibly streaky. I would have... Put, made sure that I traded for Luis Castillo again, un, like the Yankees continue to not make that move. You know the the move they just shy away from the move all the time. I would have gotten so Joey what, what, Gallo out of there way sooner, and I would have also just. What about I what about yeah. Juan Soto? Because that's sort of like a lot of people were were. I actually low key forgot about Juan Soto just because he kind of fell off a cliff after he went to the. I'm not Dodgers. talking about. Uh, see, that's the thing. It's like I don't. I don't think you can judge. T- like that would have been rough if he went to the Yankees and played that way. That would have been rough. No, but we don't. I mean, no, no. You can't. You can't. Look I don't, at I'm not like, saying that he would have played that way. I'm just saying if he did play that way, it would have been rough. Because I thought that the Yankees like. They missed the boat in terms like the, it's interesting. They signed like Harrison Bader. They signed Andrew Benintendi, or rather traded for both those players. Yeah. I uh, thought the Benintendi trade was good. I thought I thought the Benintendi trade was good. I thought that the Harrison Bader trade was awful, and it turns yeah. out it wasn't. Me too. Very hard to grade trades in the moment. Right. Uh, but what about like I thought at the time they were very well suited for the playoffs. I thought that like me too. I thought like you I, I, I very I find it hard to blame injuries. I, I thought I thought that Cashman Loki sabotaged the team when he traded when he traded Montgomery. I said, I don't understand how you're gonna trade for Montas, who just was hurt with the shoulder inflammation. Well and then yeah. you're gonna and then trade Montgomery, who was kind and then and then what got me pissed off was that he said, Well, we don't envision Montgomery being a part of a rotation. In the playoffs. Didn't he say that about and that was, like Marcus Stroman a few years ago? Too? He said, like he said like that he thought Marcus. Move, yeah, he said like, that he didn't think that Marcus Stroman would be a starter in their rotation yeah, in the regular season, which was fucking bullshit. Um, so that really, really pissed me off. 
And it's that type of arrogance that pisses me off. And and then Montgomery went and and for a while, I mean, he had like a one point like one nine ERA in his first like month and a half. I was like, dear God, because like all of a sudden he unlocked his fastball. No, no, no yeah. Fucking... Well, no, no. He he the the Cardinals like had him throw the slider less, which is like right. So it it's just like, or no, I'm sorry, the the sinker less, not yeah. The so um. So that was that was troubling, and then the Yankees just like weren't equipped to like handle and like deal with their injuries. And it's sure it was like an issue going in, but I mean, you look at like the Phillies now, who are like in the World Series. We don't know what the score is currently because we're not watching the game. But um, I've been checking on it. I think it's still two one in the eighth. Okay, so the Phillies are probably going to go down. 3-2. Oh, it's three one in the eighth. All right, Sorry, so the Phillies are going to go down three two. Wow! But like they're in the World Series. Um, but and they had a, and then they and they were able to beat the Astros. I guess I just my, my I want to just say this I don't like know. because I look at the team that was like I we had this back and forth uh, when I was saying like I was I was just like trying to just push your buttons to be honest. But like with like Andrew Benintendi, like he's a good player. Oh, I'm glad that you admit that now, motherfucker. Yeah, I, I was like, yo, this kid is smoking some serious <laughs> dust. No, no, no. Andrew Benintendi's. Like he's, I mean, like he's honestly like a great player. I was like thinking maybe he like might lose some of his gap to gap prowess like uh, on the Yankees because their outfield is uh, you know smaller. But uh, but no, like I'm just I'm wondering if like the Yankees didn't do, do enough to shore up the depth. Like not even just from like a looking back standpoint, but like at what point are you really gonna rely on like Matt Carpenter, Josh Donaldson? IKF, right. I mean, let's look at their rookies. Play- let's look at their playoff roster right now, right? No, but I think well, okay, we can do that. But I think it's also helpful to look at what the team looked like at the trade deadline, because. Um, right. Well, I mean, in terms of their offense, who were they missing? They were missing Benintendi, and they were missing Lemayhu. Lemayhu was shoddy all year. Lemayhu was pretty much hurt the entire season, so. He was in and out the whole season. There was he was ne- there was there was there was rare stretches where he was in there for a minute. I mean, I'm, I could be misremembering that, but I'm pretty sure that's accurate. Um, the problem is, is that they struck out 103 times in the playoffs, and that they had a batting average of 173. Their on base percentage in the playoffs was 255. They're fucking slugging. They're slugging was 324. I how is that possible? Yeah, no, their 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 postseason roster was like or their postseason lineup but then was look at frightening. Their, but then look at look at who was on the team though. The, in terms of their roster, in terms of their I mean this is pretty much the team. Aaron Judge, Glaber Torres, Stanton, Bader, Donaldson, Rizzo, Oswaldo Cabrero, Chavino, Carpenter. And then you have Higashioka, Connor Falefa, Peraza, LaCastro, Gonzalez, and Hicks. But that was pretty much the offense the entire season. You're missing Benintendi and you're missing LeMay. So Gonzalez and LaCastro wouldn't have been there. Well, okay. So, like, like this is what sort of what I was getting at, right? Like, if you look at the Yankees roster in, like, early, in, like, in like August, right? They were 70 and 36 at this point. And they were what? They were 70 and 36. They were on... 70 and 36, and they finished with 99 wins. They were seven, yeah. They were seventy and thirty-six on, I believe it was August third. That's crazy. So if they are, this is the lineup from that day, and like this is, I think, really what it this this season boils down to. This was their lineup on on this day. God, fucking so, damn it! <laughs> so 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 Fuck. Rizzo was first, which is like obviously great. 
DJ LeMahieu was like very up and down. I agree with that. Matt Carpenter was their right fielder and batting third. Josh Donaldson was their DH batting fourth. Andrew Benintendi. And Judge wasn't playing this day, obviously. No, but but like again, one of the he, rare off days for Judge, and he carried the team. So it's like right. when you look at the team without Judge, Van uh, Glaber six, which I, I, which I think also was an interesting Hicks, I, then Isaiah Kinder Falaf, and then Higashioka. Um, then you look at the the like Loizaga, Peralta, Marinaccio, and Trevino. Great, like, uh, they relieved Cole. Like, great pitching, but it's just like when you put a team like this together, uh, it's like it's like they're 70 and 36, but this the, the, the roster construction, it's like, it's like you look uh, you look at like a, a bird's eye view and you're like, we have, we're a 70 win team in August. Like, why would we need to do anything? But then when you look at the actual roster, it's like. Right, exactly. It's so like, I how, you, how were you not prepared for this team to regress to its means? And it's like, and then you know what the Yankees did? They on Twitter they put out a fucking video. The Yankees did this. The Yankees Twitter account did this. They put together a video, a montage video of everybody saying that their roster was trash going into the playoffs after they won the division. And it was like all these people talking shit, which I kind of get, but it's like, bro, your roster is trash, bro. But but how much do you? Like, no, I I think that. The idea is like, and also this game they lost because Luis Castillo. Was I was about to say that that was a seven three uh, Seattle Yankees game. Yes, yeah, with Castillo. Yeah. So so at, at, and Cole like, pitched that game, right? Yes. Yeah. So oh, good memory. So um, yeah, I think I think like basically what what I'm getting at here is like you have this team that that was was like all or I mean all or nothing in the sense that their strengths were extremely strong. And their weaknesses were like you look at this team, and it's just like you remove maybe one or two players, like you or no, rather you remove the names from these players, and it's like it's like oh, this is like not a great offense, like just. But overall, they were it's it's perplexing, and I think what you just my closing thoughts here as I close my laptop is I think what you boil this down to is 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 this is this is kind of Cashman like. He has not had a losing. The Yankees have not had a losing season since nineteen fucking ninety two. Yeah, and it's like and he's been a part of it every year. And it's like how since do like you how do you argue with that? And it's like I am usually of like the idea that like if you get to the place playoffs enough times, you're gonna eventually find success. And also like if you all a GM's job, I think like most of the time is just to get to the playoffs cuz after the once you get to the playoffs it's a crap shoot you never know. But like I just kind of saw the Yankees at the halfway part, part in the season I'm like why if you know you're like you're your lock to make the postseason why would you not do more to make sure that you're not entering the postseason with like Matt Carpenter as your like number 5 hitter or whatever he would like let me say one thing, and then we'll wrap it up. I want to know what they were saying internally and during the season. I want to know what the mission statement of the team was, not championship bust with the town and the fans. I want to know what they were thinking entering the season because they didn't go after a big nunny shortstop, and they got, they traded for a stopgap shortstop to wait for Peraza or Volpe, right? So I want to know what that was because if that – if they're in, if internally, if Brian Cashman was telling Hal Steinbrenner internally, 
look, you know, we're probably going to be a second or third place team this year. We're going we're gonna to try our best to see what we can do, but this is kind of just like a holdover year until next year. We like some of the free agents over the next couple of years. We have some young players coming up. We're going to try and re-sign Judge. Then Hal Steinbrenner is probably elated. Yeah. Because they finished in first. They dominated for the... They, they had a historic, historic season. And then Aaron Judge hit 62 home runs. And while while the fans are ready to start like lighting fire to the streets, they could possibly be internally be like, "Wow, we got way more out of this roster than we expected." Yeah, we got swept by the Astros. It sucks, but you know what? The Astros are way better than us, and we met them in the ALCS, and we were one of the last four teams. I mean, that is a really good chance that that's what they're saying behind closed doors, and that just gets me frustrated. Like, I would almost, I would kind of be a little relieved that that was the case. But it also is a little bit frustrating because you're the Yankees. And because this team is not a team that should take a year off. This is a team that should be competing every single year. And it's hard for me to say that they took a year off because they finished in first place. But the roster construction makes it feel like going into the season, they were kind of just being like, we'll, we'll see what all happens. Right. So going into, and we're going to have more episodes, but like I always like to kind of close with something like, all right, we've given this analysis, but like what now? So what? Like, So if you could change like one big thing, next year like what is the kind of player you'd go after like would you like there's been a lot of rumors about like Brandon Nimmo like would you go after like a higher on base percentage player would you go after like a defensive first player would you go after a pitcher like who, like what well, then the Yankees need to go after a big name shortstop I think Trey Turner is attractive I don't think they're gonna do that um, especially because they're gonna they're gonna resign Judge. The number one thing that they need to do is resign Judge, um, but I think that they should go after pitching, and that they should then go after a high on base or a guy who who can hit for average rather or hit to both sides of the field wherever that may be. They need to figure out what they're gonna do with third base, which is why I think they should they should look into signing a big name shortstop because there's a few of them on the market this year. Um, because that could that could help them with their third base with their third base issues because they have DJ LeMayhew they got to figure out what they're going to do with Glaber Torres are you going to learn from your mistake or are you going to trade him I think they might have to trade him I think I Glaber Torres not to get out on a tangent he is puzzling to me if you if you look under the hood he's doing everything right and then and the success is just not I love Glaber but I think it might be time and I think. I think if you got went after, I don't know if they're going to go after Trey Turner, but I think if you went after one of those guys, it's like Xander Bogarts, Trey Turner. Correa. Correa. Those are the big... Those I think big if you go after Trey Turner, then you can kind of kill two birds with one stone because you can trade Glaber for pitching. You can have Peraza or Volpe at second. You can trade one of Peraza or Volpe with Glaber potentially and get a really big-name pitcher. And then you could have DJ LeMahieu at third base. And then you have Cabrera, who's a who plays literally every single position on the field. So you'll find spots. So for he can him, find yeah. spots for him. He can. He's a super utility guy. You know, I think yeah. it could work. Yeah, I think. So, I, I think that that the Yankees. They're are, not. They're not far away. No, they're okay. I think what the Yankees need to do is to trim the fat. So what, I don't give a fuck what you have to do with Donaldson. 
I, yeah, like loss aversion is is. And they should bring back Rizzo. I, they're gonna have to spend a lot of money. Loss. I don't know if they will. Like loss they're aversion. Not going to. Loss aversion is like for me one of the the one of the biggest killers of teams. Like they just don't want to like not have you know. Uh, they should find a way to get rid of Donaldson. Uh, but even if they don't, they should because, just eat the money and cut him. Well, something like no, nah, I don't know. I don't know. But whatever. Like all I know is like don't make him a part of your plans or like replace him essentially. What they need to do, I think their biggest what would help them the most is have an outfield that features Judge, Nimmo, and Bader. And figure out what you're gonna do with, with uh But it looks like the Mets are gonna bring Nimmo back. I know. But I, we're yeah. talking like on paper, I guess. And, and like if that thing with the Whatever. And if you can have Bader, a, a lineup that has more on base guys that can take pitches, you're going to see that this team is going to get more bang for their buck. And I think, like, you, if you're a team like the Yankees, you kind of can plan for the postseason in, in early in the season. And they need to also focus on depth. And I think, like, it, this is so anti my, like, philosophy, but... I think, like, the proof is, like, this is it. Like, if it'd be way more crazy if the Yankees didn't make the postseason. So I don't see why they're not, like, planning their roster around being in the postseason. Well, like, I, I, they always have, like, one or two pieces missing, like, every year when they make the postseason. Like, yeah, right. So, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a good point. So I think that... I thought you were saying, yeah, yeah, that's no, a good point. So, no, so I'm saying, like, they now they have the pitching before they didn't. Now they, they got yeah. Cole, they have yeah. Nestor Cortez. Like, they're good there. I, yeah. I It's be unbelievable if they didn't. And Clark Schmidt probably going to take a step forward. Luis Severino's probably going to take a step forward. Like, you know... A step forward for Severino would be insane because he's already... He just really needs to good. stay healthy. And he, and I, I don't see what he's... once upon a time is one of the best pitchers in the league. 100%. So I think that, like... Who knows what's going to happen, but that would be, like, on base, get guys that get on base and strike out less, and I think that that's, like, the that that now is, like, the white whales, like, not striking out. Right. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's I think we're good. Um, I think what we're going to do going forward is we're going to just, you know, we're going to do a Mets episode. We're probably going to do a breakdown of Cashman, because he's the most perplexing fuck in the universe. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, so we're going to just keep pumping them out but uh that's it season three episode four uh